Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are all set. What is going on, everybody? We are alive with Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's episode number 348. We're going up on a Tuesday like we're Drake because the guy sitting right next to me he celebrates a birthday tomorrow. So we're giving the birthdays off and we're doing a Tuesday podcast. And it's fitting because there is a lot to talk about uh, since the last time we were live and just happenings of today in the NBA free agency world. We're going to recap the Sixers draft, talk about some more Philly stuff. The Rally Mantis might be real, and uh, we'll get into uh, some Eagles things as well for the first time in a long time. But before we get started, this podcast would not be possible without our awesome local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Summer's still here, guys. You still got plenty of time to get outside, enjoy the sun when it's out, and uh, you got to protect your eyes when you're doing that. So go to tomahawkshades.com, check out all the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, and everything in between that they have to offer. And uh, when you go to check out, use our code USP, you get 25% off your entire order at tomahawkshades.com. That's promo code USP at tomahawkshades.com for 25% off your entire order. And the homies at Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, the official vodka of the underground. They're still out of the vodka sodas, but don't worry. According to their Instagram, they're coming back very, very soon. But you guys can go to statesidevodka.com. Check out all they have to offer, including those one liter bottles of vodka that you can get 10% off of with you uh, using our code USP at checkout. You got to do the one liter bottles, though, and they have the limited edition bourbon in stock right now as well. So go check out everything at statesidevodka.com. And uh, you got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia, go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who has Kenny's on tap. And uh, you got to be 21 or older to crack open an ice cold Kenny. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, man? I am living the dream. Birthday Eve. Yes. And uh, the Sixers are delivering in a multitude of ways, but also uh, still no movement on uh, the old Ben Simmons trade front, which we'll get into, according to Ramona Shelburne. Some things uh, might not be changing, but the NBA draft last week, Sixers end up drafting three players, which feels like it's been forever since they've done that. Um one of them seems to be a, a stash overseas, which we'll uh, get into. But the the first pick, a lot of people seem to love it. A lot of people seem to be confused by it. And I'm totally cool with it. It's Jaden Springer. He's wearing number 11, so he's automatically got a bump from me. Uh, but he falls to 28. Some people had him in the lottery. Um, 
I, I'm a fan of the pick. You always need guards in this day and age in the NBA, so why not go add another young guard that can kind of learn in your system? He's 18 years old. Uh, I did not hate the pick at all. Incredibly young player, which means that you you have him for for so much longer. We know how vi- valuable like getting eighteen and nineteen year olds in here team uh, is. You know, look at someone like Tyrese Maxey. I think he's very similar to Maxey in that, like you said, this was a guy, and we saw it all throughout draft night, where guys that were mocked to go in you know, the late teens, early twenties, going in the lottery, and vice versa, lottery guys dropping. And I said in our preview, it, it, it's harder than it's ever been, I think, to predict, especially with how late the Sixers were picking. But I felt that there was a decent chance someone that they liked could drop to them. And it really feels like Springer was that type of guy. Like they clearly really, really liked what they saw from him. I think it was a pretty easy decision ultimately when you have him on the board. Now, there were like another name, obviously, Jared Butler was on the board for us uh, that, you know, we had highlighted and I think fans in general were aware of obviously as the Baylor bump, you know, people really saw him during March Madness, but filled a lot of needs as well. Um, apparently Jared Butler, those had like some bad medical stuff. Uh, I don't know enough about it to say definitively, like what the issue there was. I want to say it's similar to Kawhi. I, th- I think it was, or yeah, there was some kind of medical report essentially. That was the reason he dropped because this was again, a guy that was being projected in the teens that ended up going at 40. So, um, but Jaden Springer, I'm happy with the pick, like you said. Uh, he's a versatile defender. Um, I, I think it's going to be very similar to Thibel in that right away, defensively, as a rookie, he's going to be capable at the NBA level, which is great. And he's not a terrible shooter. Um, the good sign from him is his free throw shooting was in the low 80s. That's always like a good indicator of where a mm-hmm. guy is actually at. He didn't take, obviously, a high volume. Tennessee isn't that kind of team. The team that he played on wasn't really that kind of um, you know, reigning from behind the arc kind of team. He's a great athletic guard that can guard multiple positions, which is good to have in the NBA now. He's, I think, uh, going to be a good fit. And ultimately, I think, you know, he has some things to improve on. Again, very similar to Thibel in that way, that if he can add and improve that shooting, although he's a lot younger than Thibel and, you know, has probably a, a higher ceiling, you know, because of that, I think he's he's a really smart pick. You know, again, I think it's very much like Maxi, where it's like, you did not expect to have this guy available to you. This is a guy that has the talent, has the ceiling to be, you know, like a, a mid-teens pick. And you're getting him at the very end of the first round. I think that it's a very good value uh, pick. And you know, again, when you look at other guys that run the board, you might make the case for other players, but I, I think it's a perfectly reasonable pick for the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Morey posted on his Instagram a reaction picture to when Springer fell to the Sixers at 28, and he's just like absolutely ecstatic celebrating. Um, a lot of people, though, are shaking in their boots because Jaden Springer uh, has posted that he's been training with former number one overall pick, former Sixer, Markel Fultz's trainer. Yeah, that's the only um, thing that strikes the fear of God into me is uh, is that when I saw that, it was like that dog reaction gif where he gets to play the cupcakes and stares and sees like Vietnam flashbacks. That's what I felt like. I felt like the, uh, was it GTA? Oh shit. Here we go again. <laughs> like just please for the love of God. No, um, let it be the Kevin Durant <laughs> scenario with right. working with this guy rather than Markel. Fultz. Right. So ultimately though, you know, again, we have to put that to rest at least and hope that that was a one-off thing. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, the, the biggest thing for him is going to be shooting because he, he shot pretty well. It was just on very low volume. This was a guy that was pretty selective with shots, but 
ultimately when he took shots he was not that bad um his finishing around the rim not great which again for a guy with his play style you you'd want to be better and you'd expect him to prove but you know we we i will say this the only downside is that doc is not really a rookie centric coach who saw this a lot with maxi last year he's not a, a, a coach that typically like leans on young guys wherever he's been leans on rookies so that's the only worry for me is Jaden Springer's more of a guy I think that would benefit from not being right. on a, a you know a contending team like this is a guy that probably would be better suited in a much like lower pressure uh, much more minute heavy rotation heavy type of team but again if you're the Sixers you can add a guy like this that if he turns into something for you, great. But this is also a guy that theoretically could be a trade piece for you mm -hmm. as well. You could certainly get another team interested in Jaden Springer. So again, I, I think it's just a good all-around value pick for the Sixers here. Yeah, I'm totally on board with it. I love how uh, in their introductory pictures that they had for the draft picks, Doc Rivers matched the emotions of the player in the picture. Uh, Jaden Springer was like mean mugging face. And then uh, the next guy we're going to get into just all smiles, rightfully so. Sixers draft their third backup big man uh, after today's signing, um, which this guy's story is unbelievable. And I just got to say, he went to Western Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. They need to do a better job of marketing their program because there was like some sort of either an article or an interview with their coach and said, yeah, we don't really um, – you know, emphasize his skills or anything because we don't run an NBA offense. <laughs> what? I I was blown away that they uh, that the Western Kentucky coach would come out and say something like that when you're trying to recruit guys to uh, come play for you. But we'll get into pick fifty after pick fifty three because it seems like pick fifty three Charles Bassey is going to be on this roster, which is exciting. Um, he was once considered a potential number one pick coming out of Western Kentucky, um, to get a guy like this, who has like kind of that untapped talent or talent that could come back and, and surface and be a serviceable seven foot big man for you. I am all on board with picking Charles Bassey at 53 and the, the Sixers bought a, a second round yeah. pick potentially with this guy in mind, right? Like you'd have to think that there was definitely a reason you uh, send $2 million away, which by the way, is such a great turnaround from where this team was two, three years ago when we were selling, you know, <laughs> off our second round picks. Remember when everyone like uh, crapped themselves because of Carson Edwards? You remember that draft? Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, you know, the process of it all, I think, was fair to be upset about. Um, and the fact that, again, you know, with, with Thibault that we got fleeced again, essentially, for, for no good reason. But the fact now that we are mo we've transitioned from a team that was selling off these second-round picks, not taking, you know, the potential flyers and value, whereas now, again, taking two very good shots in, in the second round and getting a guy. We saw Bebo Paul last year, right? Another guy taking the second round that's potentially, like, moving up into, like, your actual rotation – that's a good value for the team going forward. So, yeah, I think, again, it, it's a good pick. I think they clearly had him in mind. And, you know, you move on from Dwight Howard now. Mike Scott probably not coming back as a sixer. 
Um, so there's room in that kind of backup spot now for, for anyone. Um, now, there are some free agency isn't over, and there's some rumors that are breaking now about uh, Yang, who we might sign. But, you know, altogether, there's still room for, for a backup center. Obviously, when you're behind Embiid, you know, you're a little limited in what you're going to be able to yeah. do, what you're going to be able to show. But, you know, that, that just gives the opportunity to these, these young guys that you take a flyer on, and it's worth doing that. They were able to buy this pick because they don't have to pay for Scott O'Neill's boat insurance anymore. Uh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> docking docking in Center City is not uh, not cheap. It doesn't have to be out on the main line and everything. Um, but Charles Bassey, there was a – because I was just, like, searching his name to, like, find, like, you know, highlight clips of him on draft night when they ended up taking him. And there was a thing from Bleacher Report, I want to say, from, like, 2017. Charles Bassey, like, used to, like, sell fried chicken on the side of the road when he was a kid. <laughs> and now he was, like, being regarded as, like, top prospect. This was when, I think he was, like, a senior in high school. And I was like, this just can't be true. And if it is, like, what a come-up story. Like, right. To go from, like on the street like hustling like that to just like get a quick buck to now NBA draft pick and looking like he's going to be on this roster whether it's with the Sixers or with the Blue Coats like shout out to Charles Bassey. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, this is a guy that, you know, shot pretty okay in college, you know, considering his position, considering, you know, where where he played, you know, um obviously it wasn't like the highest highest percentage, but the fact that you have a center that's at least, you know, again, that's what you want in kind of the more modern game. You want everyone to be able to to attempt and, and make threes at least at a average kind of rate, um, and you expect that to improve. You know, he shot almost seventy seven percent from the line as a center, not bad either. Like I think there's there's things to look at here and, and be excited about with his shooting. I think with his size as well, he's a good rebounder in college. Like this is a guy that could certainly come in and you know certainly make a claim, and that's what you're you want with a second round pick. Second round picks, you're. You're just not gonna get Nikola Jokic's, you know, like that's just not something that that happens. Um, so you know, to to expect that is, is a lot. But you know, the, there's also a, a middle ground between you know an MVP and just a, if you can get starters in the second round, that's amazing, amazing value. If you can get a, a rotational player in in the second round, that's amazing, amazing value to have on your team. Um, and you you hope that that's what the Sixers have done now. Yeah, when when Bassey was a, a preteen. Yet approaching the height of some NBA point guards, Bassey was working as a street vendor selling fried chicken in Lagos, Nigeria to help his family financially when he was discovered. What a come up. I mean, it's similar to Embiid, right? Where, yeah. You know, he wasn't really a, a basketball player. You know, he just had like a big like physical mm-hmm. profile. Embiid was like a volleyball star, you know, and just so happened, you know, to to find his way somewhere they found him when he was 12 and two years later he was the mvp of giants of africa a program founded by masai ujiri wow that's (laughs) that is quite the story that's awesome um and then the sixers also drafted sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down 
all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. They went Gonzaga, but he's been playing overseas because Filip yeah. Petrusev, I believe that's the last name. Yeah, you gotta go heavy Serbian on this one. Um, he won MVP in yeah. the uh, Adriatic League. <laughs> um, you know, not every day you're able to do that. Uh, I think the 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 pros here. He's a good scorer, and you know he's a, a capable like bigger big man. I think he's like at seven foot, maybe like an inch above that. But he's a very very large man. Um, so that's obviously positive. Defensively, this guy is probably not going to be what you're looking for, <laughs> you know. Um, and if he if he does come to the Sixers, if we see with him within the rotation. You know, he certainly gives you like a different look, mm-hmm. a different identity off the bench, especially when you consider some of the backup signings that we've made. He's certainly very different from uh, from someone that we signed today. Um, but, you know, I, I don't hate to pick either. I think it's it's a reasonable bet. I think this is a guy that has a skill set. Again, I think when you're looking at backups, and we did this a lot last year, you know, and you can look at them almost like closers in baseball. I think you made, made that analogy once too, that – you know, you, you don't necessarily want them all to be good at the same thing. It's okay right. to it's it's good to diversify sometimes. When you have Embiid, it's okay to diversify what guys can can do because realistically, none of your backup centers should really be mattering all that much come playoffs. Obviously, we saw Dwight get in foul trouble a lot uh, last playoff run, and that was an issue. Um, but you probably still played Dwight a little more than you would have liked to. You probably played a lot of the bench a lot more than you would have liked to. What you're really looking for these guys is on any any given night in January to be able to come in and give you like meaningful like seven eight minutes, um, you know maybe a little bit more on, on a certain night you know if it beats resting or something like that and I think that's what you're getting here uh, is is a guy that gives you just a, a much different kind of look than than anything else that we have on this team um, at the position. Shot forty one point nine percent from three. I think he was like twenty three and eleven <laughs> in the again. It's the Adriatic League. Yeah. I don't want to dis- disparage the Adriatic League too much. Um, but, also played two years at Gonzaga, which right. like is weird because that's been like the heyday of Gonzaga, and I truly don't remember this guy. No, I, I think it's because Gonzaga's outside of like Suggs this last year mm-hmm. has always been a team of like the parts of you know bigger yeah. than you know like it it's i can't think of the saying some of the parts is greater than the whole right yeah uh, um they've never had like a true like such was the first time they've ever really had like since like adam morrison like mm-hmm. in my mind at least like a true like dominant kind of player that was like oh that guy's gonna be like great um and jen so could probably have a better nba career than adam morrison did but in terms of you know achievement personal achievement although adam morrison nba champion can't can't not um so yeah i think that might be wise like i think the gonzaga guys just have a tendency to blend in our mind uh because they're all just kind of big drones like <laughs> that's what i've always <laughs> viewed them as uh some money that was spent though today as you brought up i don't know if they tapped into joel Embiid's real estate portfolio <laughs> for this one um because he certainly does own a lot of real estate in this guy's head and he's been trying to build more and that has been circa november 3rd 2018 andre drummond is now a philadelphia 76er it's not often you double take at your phone when you see an alert 
I there's been very few times in my life where that's happened, and today I did. I was like, Andre Drummond is on the Sixers. That's yeah, it's it's hilarious because Embiid has had so many feuds with him. I can always think of when he uh, he posted a video of Drummond like dancing to that Ariana Grande song. Uh, like, we had rent-free Andre Drummond shirts on one yeah. of our old sites. That... It's just hilarious. Like I, I don't know. It's hilarious that he's ended up on this team given his history with Embiid. And um, Andre Drummond is not a very good player anymore. No. His skill set is not really what you're looking for. On the minimum, though, off the bench, that's not awful. Uh, we saw in the playoffs that, frankly. He couldn't get it done, and I think that's where he lost a lot of his value. He's, again, this is just not a, an impressive signing. It's not like, wow, that's great. Do I think he's much worse than Dwight Howard? I think they both have their their pros mm-hmm. and cons. Obviously, Dwight gave you, like, a good finisher around the rim, someone who could, like, still, like, give you something defensively. All Drummond's really giving you is, like, a good rebounder. He's not particularly good at finishing around the rim, He's kind of turnover prone, which similar to Dwight. He doesn't have the foul trouble or tendency to be in foul trouble like Dwight Howard uh, did all the time. You know, like three fouls in six minutes type of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not a, it's not an inspiring signing. But I also think like for the minimum, I don't know. You could you could definitely do worse than Andre Drummond. It's just it's kind of a bizarre move considering he's just not very good and isn't different enough from what you know Embiid does to really like raise your eyebrows and again it's also hilarious just given the fact that Embiid has clowned this guy a lot in his career and I mean we effectively traded Dwight Howard for Andre Drummond Dwight's going back to the Lakers right um and Dwight's farewell message I truly don't get how anybody could hate Dwight Howard and before last season I could understand it but Dwight being on your team, it like changes perspective of like how just fun this guy is. And uh, he posted a picture of himself on his Instagram and said, Philly, Philly, Philly. If a picture could describe my experience in Philly, this is the one. Pure love and joy. I'm sad our time together was short, but I must say I enjoyed every single moment. I am going to definitely miss Philly and the city and all the fans. Y'all showed me so much love and it did not go unnoticed. I love you. Thank you to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, three trophy emojis, I'm going to miss my frosty chance with the crowd. Two crying down the face emojis. Uh, to my brothers, this year we came up short, but we had an amazing season. Thank you to the entire 76er staff. We will always be family. And bend, bend your knees <laughs> with four crying laughing emojis. Hashtag, I want my parade, damn it. I love Dwight. <laughs> I do too. I- I'll miss him a lot. He was, he like... Again, we, we've talked about this before, just like what a really interesting career that he's mm-hmm. turned into because this was a guy, and who knows if it's true, and I, it certainly could have been at certain parts of his career that was you know like accused of having an attitude problem, an ego problem. Certainly not that guy anymore if no. he ever was, and um, really seemed to be a good like locker room team presence, team, teammate, like always gave like you know good like interviews like all around i think Great just vibes like, if this was a report card he'd be getting like pleasure to have a class oh, yes. type of you know remarks like that's that's what dwight howard was this team i think was a, a really probably one of the better if not the best backup that we had for Embiid in this time um obviously like struggled a little bit in the playoffs but i think again a, a little bit more was asked of him than than should have been mm-hmm. um especially considering Embiid's injury you know but yeah i think 
all throughout the regular season was just a, a fantastic player to have on think we'll miss him for sure and i don't blame him at all for going back to la going back to the lakers considering what they did today you know he's in another great position to go uh get another championship which which he deserves which speaking of the lakers matt and there was a bunch of guys that have signed there that were tied to the sixers one way or another in terms of just like they should have interest they could have interest space jam 2 did not do that good at the box office how the hell does this lakers team have all this money it's a lot of a lot of minimums, which is surprising. Uh, definitely scraping the barrel on on minimums, but I, it's weird <laughs> because they've they've cleared out so much. And I mean the the Westbrook trade isn't official yet either. Mm-hmm. That that still has to be like processed. There's some rumors that like the Buddy Heel trade might be included in that deal, and there might be just like waiting for some third team to get involved. Who knows? Right? Like it's just. And then it, we're still being tied to Buddy, Buddy Heald. Yeah, there, there's, you know, something I think maybe more to that trade than what we're seeing currently. But right now, yeah, the the Lakers have become like a uh, just a, a mix mash kind of zombie team of of minimum players. When's the Bugs Bunny signing happening? LeBron? Yeah, um, Bugs Bunny might make a cameo. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, they they've made some interesting moves for sure. I mean, they they've lost some guys though. Like you lose like KCP and Caruso, which I know, like, sounds funny, but I think we're guys that mm-hmm. pretty important parts of the rotation, especially KCP at times. Um, they lose out on DeRozan, who ends up on the Bulls, which is a little bit bizarre. Um, you know, and, and obviously you're adding Westbrook to that mix. Westbrook is a terrible playoff performer. I'm very curious to see how that works out. But overall, the Lakers, a very, very interesting free agency period so far. And today, a lot of noise being made, obviously, just because of all the signings he made. But so many of them are on the minimum. Like Kendrick Nunn uh, ending up there taking kind of lesser money. Yeah, right. Um, you know, ending up on, on lesser money to uh, to go chase Malik a ring. Monk. Malik Monk. Malik w- Monk was definitely a bit of a surprise. Yeah. But concerning kind of the way Charlotte is trending, makes some sense that he might move away from that situation. But yeah, Malik Monk is someone... He was a guy I thought we could have a chance right. to, to bring so, in. It, it's it's an interesting experiment going on in L.A. Um, just time into Nick Young tweeted today, don't forget about me. <laughs> no one ever could. Um, but, I mean, it's also been the free agency of process sixers getting paid. TJ McConnell, what a fucking legend. <laughs> you love to say Four it. years, $35.2 million to stay with the Pacers. Um, they, they traded the, was it Aaron holiday that was with the Pacers to clear room for TJ to essentially be the backup point guard. Now, um, you, you'd love to see TJ. He succeed. is such a perfect Pacers player. <sighs> I, love <him. laughs> I love TJ. Um, New Noel going back to, uh, the Knicks, uh, Rajon Holmes secure that bag, brother. He got absolutely paid. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think Holmes might end up more paid over the course of his career yeah. than, than Nerlens, which is interesting. What was Nerlens? What was the offer that the Mavs were, were giving him? I think it was like four for 80, mm-hmm. I want to say. And, and, client- and if not, it turns into two second round picks. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like getting going from that to essentially like bumping around in the minimum for a little bit now you know a little more security but yeah Nerland's interesting interesting kind of ride there i that's always a six that i loved a lot yeah. and it was always kind of interesting to me too because we 
let him go. We traded him because we didn't want to be spending so much money on uh, you know two centers between him and Embiid just to get Al Horford. Uh, <laughs> always a little bit of a bizarre choice, I think. Uh, you know, and Mike Muscala, Sixers legend, gets Absolutely. paid seven uh, seven million over two years to stay with Oklahoma City. Um, just time and time again, these process Sixers. I mean, Furkan Korkmaz got his bag. He's staying with the Sixers. Which bit of a scare there. We thought he was going to Cleveland. I did think he was going to Cleveland, but to get Furkan at three years, fifteen million, I think that's a a pretty quality like contract for the type of player he is, and this being like a shooter's market to get him at five million per year, I think is great. And I think Korkmaz is just like setting himself up to be like lifelong sixer good value um i think what happened was is that the scoop was there's an international from the sixers going to cleveland and that's actually ben but they thought it was it was Korkmaz. um <laughs> i i think it's good value again you're getting him at five million a year that's really nothing like in the nba now like that's like i think almost at the minimum practically mm-hmm. like you I think it's it's a really really good signing, uh, considering what Korkmaz is giving you. He's only twenty four still too. Yeah. Like I, he's been with the team for a while now, and he's had like multiple sagas with the team, so it feels like he should be much older or something like that. But still an incredibly young guy that I think uh, can improve. So it's it's good to have him back. You need players like that on good deals to to be a good team. Alec Burks gets paid by the Knicks three years, thirty million. Um, uh, Ish Smith is going to the Charlotte Hornets on a one-year deal. And P.J. Tucker is going to the Heat, which I think caught a lot of people by surprise. Well, Bucks uh, don't want to be paying that uh, that luxury tax True. money. They said, no, thank you. We just won a championship. Nobody's going to be rocking the boat. Let's uh, let's not pay an extra $25 million <laughs> just to have P.J. Tucker back. They so. uh they were like, yeah, we're just going to bring Bobby Portis back. I love watching athletes curse on Twitter. <laughs> Bobby Portis announcing he was going back to the Bucks, saying, run that shit back, was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, this is, a, this is like the longest and most invested uh, conversation I've had about basketball in like a month and a half. So. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> uh, also, Kelly Olenek going to where all big men go. Another guy that... There was potential there, obviously, before. I think it's the like a, a prerequisite. You know, like this is like the 101 class for centers. Like you have to have some time stamped, at least in Detroit, uh, to be a center in the NBA. I think if, if you want to call yourself a journeyman center, you have to end up in Detroit. Yeah. It's interesting for them, though, because, you know, they're, they're very obvious in what they are, which is a rebuilding team. They have Cade now. Um, they're clearly like looking just for like guys to fill the gap a little bit and give them some space, which Olenek does. Um, so good for him for getting paid as a result of that, <laughs> because Hey, like you might as well take advantage of that. Um, he joins, you know, another process sixer on the, on the team as well. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, him and Jeremy Grant just taking that, that, that fool's gold, let's call it. <laughs> and uh, everybody who was freaking out about Chris Paul opting out of his $44.2 million option, uh, just calm down. Like, he wasn't leaving. Uh, I feel like this was the most secure we felt about Chris Paul staying in one place uh, in a while. Just this happens every free agency period. Yeah, where like, like a, LeBron did it and stayed with the Cavs. Right. Every, like, everyone always, like, opts out. It's like, and now listen, Kawhi hasn't re-signed yet. We don't 
exactly no, but a lot of the reporting has been that he's going back to the Clippers. It was the same thing when he opted out of his contract, and they were like, oh, my God, it was mm-hmm. just me. It's like he wants to sign a five-year extension is yeah. what it means. He wants to instead be guaranteed an extra $100 million, and it's the same thing that uh, Chris Paul had. And uh, Kyle Lowry just potentially hates Philadelphia because he's going to the Miami Heat on a three-year $90 million sign-and-trade deal. Uh, George Hill, by the way, is signing with the Bucks. Interesting. So he's running it back. Or running it buck. Uh, wow, that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kyle Lowry, whatever. I Listen, I would have liked to have had, had him on this team. What's weird is, like, the Raptors, like, held out for this, like, sign and trade, and it wasn't, like, that impressive mm-hmm. of a haul. We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. I don't know. They also made some weird decisions draft night, but you know, whatever. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad the Raptors aren't going to be as good as they've been in recent years, seemingly at least. But the Heat taking a big swing on some guys that are like not the most dependable mm-hmm. health wise. Um, I mean, they're they're going to be a good team. I think the Heat will probably have a, a better year than they did this year. Obviously, they had like COVID and injury issues this past season. They re-signed Jimmy to like a huge. That was like the extension that when Jimmy was a sixer that I was like kind of fearing. Yeah. Um, getting paid fifty-one million. No. In his uh, in his later stage there, that's a lot of money to be paying to what will probably be a not very good Jimmy Butler. But the Miami Heat really betting on themselves this season, so I guess you got to respect that at least. Uh, and one of the best tweets of uh, yesterday was. Coast tweeting out, uh, Kyle Lowry will now become the first player in Miami with a real ass. Good for him. <laughs> uh, John Collins still not signed, and I'm just fully saying that's because he wore that shirt with Embiid. I have nothing. Karma's a bitch. I have nothing good to say about any Atlanta no. sports athlete, actually. So, also Spencer Dinwiddie talking about teaming up in DC, and he's still not signed. Has me just on the floor. That's bizarre because there was like reporting that he was signing there and then yeah. it's been a little quiet so i'm not sure I'm, is that it might be because the westbrook thing isn't official yet right that could definitely be it um that could be one of those things that's being tied up by that until you know cap space is cleared and everyone's affirmed from that trade um maybe there's you know another trade app <laughs> spencer no, um, it, it, i'm pretty sure josh harris has some bitcoin lying around for you if you'd like it it's gonna be hilarious though when like he signs there and like everyone's gone and it's yeah. <laughs> like it's just him and brad beal <laughs> if it's even brad beal <laughs> uh also nick's gonna just continue to nick evan fournier getting four years 78 million dollars from the new york knicks is hilarious Nothing against Evan Fournier. Secure your bag, but my 
goodness. They saw him in the Olympics and were like, we need this guy. <laughs> if he can do it in Tokyo, he can do it in New York. And, He's a uh, big city man. Jared Allen getting five years, 100 million reportedly. Cavs got to steal with that one. They they definitely did. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, he's he's a really, really interesting player and I think has a really bright future. I just think it's, you know, you obviously have to resign that. There's, there's mm-hmm. no question about that. But it's just, it's always interesting to me when teams that are in the Cavs situation where they still feel very far away from me are like, and again, you have to do this. There's no way that you're not re-signing Jared Allen, but it's just you're locking into this position very early on when like so much about the team still feels very nebulous. Like you just drafted Evan Mobley too. Like it's just like there's a lot looking at here that's just like a lot to figure out still. A lot to figure out still for for the Cavs. But good for him and and good for the team because you know ultimately he's, he's a good player and um, you know they, they did end up just kind of by happenstance with him. Uh, shout out to the he's Nets. only 23 yeah incredibly young and again another guy that just feels like he's been around forever at this point that's that's the way it feels with guys when they're drafted at 18 19 yeah you, you hear their names and you assume that they're like 26 27 it's like wow no <laughs> you can't even rent a car yet <laughs> uh the unfortunate news on your birthday eve though that you probably did not want to hear coming from ramona shelburne is the sixers potentially are open to keeping ben simmons and they would prefer to have it that way. I'm dead inside. Um, <laughs> First time he said that since LeBron signed with the Lakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, no part of me wants Ben Simmons on this team. I think what's interesting, listen, for my mental health, I've been trying to give basketball as little thought as possible. So it's been the last few weeks. with football last, for the last few year. weeks, my brain has had to get returned on to, to all of this. What I find interesting is you never hear about so many decline trade proposals like you've heard from yeah. Ben Simmons. And there's always a story to tell. I'm not trying to get conspiratorial here, but I am. I am going to get conspiratorial. Put here. on the I just hats. I have never, and I've I've watched basketball for a long time now. I've been like invested, especially with the social media age. Like So much of like free agency is all like online Twitter stuff. I have never seen a situation where so frequently a trade proposal has been leaked and like the team declined X offer quickly. And part of you just has to wonder like why that is. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to make any assumptions. I don't want to make any conclusions here, but I just do find it very interesting that on multiple occasions now we've heard not even just like Sixers were interested and had conversation with the Warriors didn't progress any further like we got legitimate like here's what the sixers wanted here's what they asked for the warriors we had declined. that the warriors the spurs right uh there was con- there was some with the raptors there was some with the heat that like yeah. didn't have that specific like outline but that the is the raptors named a player right which is bizarre and not typical and just strikes me as odd there's something up with that and we'll never get the story i'm sure but there's there's more to that than i, I think meets the eye and is i don't know who gains the advantage there by leaking that because on one hand you could obviously argue daryl morey mm-hmm. you know that shows that listen this is what we value him at either pay it or don't 
then you could also say for maybe someone more interested in getting Ben out of Philly or getting Ben to stay in Philly that by putting this out there and saying like, this is obscene what you're asking for people. You're and then draft you- night, we get Woj talking about Ben Simmons and Rich Paul are like on board with finding a new. There's been multiple stages of that too, where at first it wasn't that Ben Simmons is going to focus, you know, when he mm-hmm. turned down team Australia, it was that he wants to focus on, uh, you know, improving and, and, you know, player skill, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And it, it, over the course of several weeks, turned into now where you even get a report that the situ- the relationship is done. Yeah. that And it's it's a question of when. Daryl didn't even want to talk about Ben Simmons after the draft. Like, he was right. like, we so just drafted three guys. We're going to talk about these three guys. There's all, all I'll say, and all that is definitive to me, is there's more to this situation than I think we'll, we're seeing and I think that we will ever know. Again, I have never seen... Now that you bring that up, I've it, never seen that. I've just never, I've never seen like you know we've we've heard again, and usually that's something that comes out like the next year. Like say mm-hmm. Ben got traded to the Warriors next year, it would be like Ben was actually offered to the Spurs for this and this and this, and they declined. It's like, like when we, we that's not something you typically hear like in the moment when I the Sixers know. were allegedly in on Kawhi when he was with the Spurs. They said we offered Ben Simmons, and they right. said no. Like we didn't hear about that until. Kawhi was signing with the Clippers. Uh, like, Sixers have signed George Niang, uh, two year, six point seven million dollar deal. Not a terrible, not bad, a terrible backup. I just, you know, that's it. That's <laughs> now that you bring that up, though, like that is true. Like we have never really had so many. Like think of all the the superstar all star yeah. trades that we've had over the last few years. You know that these guys have been like offered. And there's there's always like so many teams are interested in them and make phone calls. You never hear about that. You just never do. And again, I'm not sure. Again, who is gaining what advantage exactly by leaking that? Because I think again, you can make the case both parties have an interest in leaking that kind of story. Daryl Morey is someone that has in the past mm-hmm. done that. <laughs> you know, at least allegedly has been happy to like you know push things out to reporters and. Ben Simmons, represented by, you know, one of the most, if not the most powerful, you know, agency group in the league. Uh, so, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's interesting, though, that we've, we've, we've gotten that much noise and that much definitive kind of transaction uh, requests that you just you don't typically see. Yeah, so that leads us to uh, our play pickup prop of the week. You guys will be able to see this on our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, and play pickup. It's the best place to place your prop bets. It's absolutely free. Anybody can play. Go to playpickup.com, start casting your props, win prizes through the pickup marketplace, and uh, get in on the action at playpickup.com. Matt, do the Sixers trade Ben Simmons this offseason? Will he be <laughs> introduced by Matty Cord as the starting point guard come October? Here's where it gets difficult is as this seems obvious, but I think it just needs to be said as you progress from draft night into free agency, it gets harder to make trades. It gets hard. Like it's much easier to make a trade on draft night or before free agency because teams have more cap room. Teams have much more like kind of like you can sell people on things Mm -hmm. and, and it feels like there's like a little more flexibility now. Like you have to do a lot more to get a trade. Now, a lot of the same guys that you're kind of interested in for Ben are still around and are still, 
either available or at least like there's a way that you could probably still get them right like your bradley beals your dame lillard's like would obviously be like a, a dream you know acquisition for philly but you know like those guys are still there again just the question of you know apparently all the draft capital we want along with it is you know a huge question mark if, you, if you're talking about those players you're probably not seeing that request as much but mm-hmm. My feeling, every week that it passes, it has to go down a percentage. Like, it just has to because at a certain point, it's hard. It's just hard to make yeah. that trade. I still lean yes. And I think a lot of that just has to do, especially with some of the reporting that we got that the relationship has been severed. And again, I think an interesting thing was that apparently, you know, uh, we hadn't talked to him for a certain amount of time. <laughs> To get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That also and very weird but then the next report was that we talked to him on his birthday which could literally and which could be true but could also literally mean hey like someone from the like front office sent ben simmons a happy birthday yeah. you know like that it just seemed again so much of this has seemed very bizarre and and ben's been super online lately like he posts the instagram story of him in the pool with his which friends was, I, yeah i was like people tweet out the the story of it and then the next day he's in the gym he's like oh we gotta go get in the pool we gotta go get in the pool guys it's very online all of it has been he's replying to people on instagram comments and just like absolutely like decimating them um one of them i'll pull it up here i was actually cracking up ben simmons clapped back at this guy hardcore um but like he's been way more online than he typically is and i just i th- i think that again there there's just seems to be a lot of smoke with the situation and you i think you get to a point i mean you've even had like uh like Embiid's brother like talking like trash like i i just i i think that there's there's a lot here to say that there's clearly a, a difficulty within the relationship at the very least and I, I just don't know I don't know that there's a way forward right now. Yeah, somebody commented on one of his Instagram posts recently and said he really acting like he was about to shoot in that second pick with like a bunch of laughing emojis and Ben Simmons replied, uh <laughs> your lips look <laughs> look like he got stung by a bee, nutty professor ass. <laughs> but this is this is the thing with Ben This is it's so like, not Ben. He's he's just a, an interesting person mm-hmm. in in that he's always been like this kind of recluse like he just like seems to just like enjoy like being a young celebrity that has a ton of money which nothing wrong with but gaming with face clan i don't know he's a hard guy to read for sure and i i think this whole situation has been pretty sketchy and i again i just something deep within me knows that there's like way more to this than i I think we're getting there there's i think a, a lot more friction and i think I, I wouldn't even be surprised if there's some kind of divide within the organization right mm-hmm. now about like this kind of crossroads. So I wouldn't even be surprised. And you know, we've heard in the past that certain people within the organization and the front office liked and valued Ben more yeah. than Embiid. And you have Daryl Morey coming in, who I would imagine probably doesn't do that. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I just think there's a lot to unpack. And like you to, said, with Embiid's brother, like, posting, like, the the SGA thing. I know. Well, there was a solid hour there where I thought we were getting SGA. Yeah. I was, um... Very I was, excited. I was pretty buoyant, let's say. <laughs> and then posting the thing, like, good riddance as the next story about Ben Simmons, like... It's just all very weird. So I I, I lean yes, but it, it only gets harder from here to to mm-hmm. trade him, um, and and that's the interesting thing. But I I and I it's also like yes. what's Portland waiting for? I guess they're just gonna run it back. I don't know because Damian Lillard is still like a pretty loyal player. Like he's like done this in the past where he's talked about loyalty, about wanting to do it. But then you Portland. also have, and you can never really trust what Stephen A. Smith says. But when it comes to the NBA, like. He's got his finger on the pulse quite a bit, and him talking about, like, if Dame wanted out, quote, which he does, it would shock Stephen A. if he didn't go to the Knicks. But now that they've got Evan Fournier there and they've paid out all this money, like, where does that play for the Knicks? Not at all. And then, like, talking about how, like, you know, down the line it's going to be able to attract superstars to the Knicks, and he brings up Embiid, and Zoe tweeted out, I was like, Brother, there's a much easier path to playing with Joel Embiid than trying to recruit <laughs> him to the Knicks. Let me tell you, it's true. I yeah, I I think Portland might just end up tr- like running it back this year, and maybe next year is the summer for Lillard. Who knows? I I, I that that situation obviously because he's in Tokyo doesn't mm-hmm. really help. You know, you're you see this like a lot with like soccer, where it's like when guys are away on international duty, it's hard to get things resolved, you know, unless so, your name is Ricky Rubio. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just think um, that that might be a story that when he returns from the Olympics, maybe picks mm-hmm. up traction again, but yeah, that's, that's been quiet for some time now. The, uh, the fun news that we're going to tease at the end of the pod will be coming, but Phil's Matt, been a while it's been since the trade deadline since you've been on i did a little rant blog at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com i did a whole trade deadline recap podcast that came out on tuesday that you guys can check out as well but wanted to get your reactions to spencer howard being out i'll play the clip again that i played on the episode that came out today with spencer howard in his uh introductory press conference uh full-blown confirming our yo-yo theory that we have completely trademarked copywritten so please credit us whenever you talk about the Philly yo-yoing their young players. Um, Freddie Galvis being back, awesome article from Matt Breen with great quotes from Freddie. Uh, and just just another uninspiring trade deadline from the Phils. Especially when you consider what the rest of the division did. When you, I mean, especially when you look around the rest of the like entire league. Uh, this was the most entertaining trade deadline I was in a say, while. This felt like a very frenzied baseball deadline. Like this is like usually there's like one kind of big headliner move, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then there's like you know like just kind of your general rotation guys. Like usually like it's it's just one kind of big move that like one contender makes, and everyone's like, wow, what a deal. But it's like you know you basically you autopsied the Cubs, uh, and pretty much every contender got a pretty sizable player not even just like hey we made like back end a rotation move like they got like you know an all-star caliber player pretty much which is just not the three cubs first trio of teammates to homer in their first game for their new team like ever in major i I don't know that that's even something that could ever be topped because i don't know when you would see one three players of their quality all be kind of moved on from 
you know, like at yeah. this stage of their career too, where it's like they could still very clearly like contribute. Could have happened with uh with us, but we right we we kept together, boys. <laughs> for better or for worse, some might say for better. That some is me. Uh, <laughs> I just you know, in a vacuum, what the Phillies did was not terrible or or like offensive. Mm-hmm. It wasn't aggressive. It was self-inflicted. It was self-inflicted. And I think moving on from Spencer Howard is bizarre to me because... I hated it. Okay, so on one hand, I get it. Howard hasn't shown... You can make the case either way. You can make the case that Spencer Howard has not shown enough and that you've given him opportunities, maybe in my mind and probably in your mind, not enough Mm -hmm. and not enough consistency and like, hey, he's a young guy, let's work with him. But First you can make, full year in the big leagues, too. You could make the case, though, that a guy who can't keep velocity up for more than two innings, you know, is an issue. Mm-hmm. And that, but maybe you're utilizing him wrong. And I think he points to a little bit of that in that, what would you call it, like open interview with the, yeah. the, the Rangers there. Which was... What you get for him is not particularly inspiring. And our win-now moves when, again, like... It was aggressive, but not aggressive enough, especially when you put it outside of the vacuum into context of what every other contender, and I'm talking in your division even, yeah. between the Mets and the Braves. The Braves just are going to play six outfielders a game now. Right, but you know, these <laughs> guys, they went out and made yep. like acquisitions that they felt like, hey, like this is our chance here to like, you know, for the Mets, like be in the playoffs again, like make like, you know, be like legitimate. I mean, I don't know who, how they expect to get out of the rest of the, the NL, but <laughs> You know, they, they want to win the division. They want to, you know, kind of rekindle. I mean, if DeGrom comes back healthy for the Mets, that's a... What, so he can he can go, what, like 12 and 8? <laughs> it's a formidable lineup. Like, you add Javi Baez to Lindor, Conforto, no, 100%, 100%. Pete Alonso, like, and it's the playoffs. It's so condensed that, like... I just... Listen, nothing is a given. Baseball is one of the sports that you can definitely just get a team hot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a lot like football. 2019 like, Nationals. And listen, I just the Dodgers and the Padres are both just buzzsaws. And the Giants. And the Giants. But to me, the Dodgers are like, holy shit, man! Like, How do you beat that team? It's like if the Yankees were competent, you know, like and like. <laughs> and even the Yankees have been like so up and down this year, right? But they made win now moves. They 100%. go and trade for Joey Gallo. They trade for Anthony Rizzo. They like sweep a series against the Tigers this past weekend, and now their fan base is like, oh, we're going to the World Series. They were my they were my preseason pick. Like so imagine <laughs> getting that vote of confidence from your front office, and, and I think it, it speaks volumes of what the front office thinks of this team for what the Phillies did at the deadline. One hundred percent. Do we think any differently though? No. You know, like that's the thing too is like, you know, you you almost want to be upset when when you say that like oh like the front office doesn't believe in it, but also like I don't either. So you know what? Like I, <laughs> I think it was frustrating because there were so many like for the first time in a long time at the deadline there was so many like very elite level players there was value tied to, to the Phillies there's like value to being be rumored like there was the Byron Buxton thing Craig Kimbrell was at which I'm happy we didn't trade for Kimbrell because my goodness what the, the White Sox had to give up to get him he gave up like one of their best young stars um so I'm fine with that but like there was so much talent out there that was being tied to the Phillies in so many different ways that 
to one again give up on one of your young players that you've yo-yoed time and time again and this is not the first instance where we've seen a guy in this in this system get thrown up and down between the minors between the big league club between starting between the bullpen like over the last four years I can name five guys who have been given that treatment Spencer Howard Cole Irvin and look what Cole Irvin's doing now with the athletics he's in a playoff team rotation Daniel De Los Santos is still on this team. He's gotten that treatment, and he can't even, like, hold it down in the bullpen anymore. Scott Kingery's gotten that treatment. And to no avail, Mickey Moniak's in the midst of it right now because he continues to get called up because these guys won't get a shot in the arm. Um, and it's just like I'm so sick and tired of them wasting and like mentally screwing with these young guys and not being able to develop them into what they need them to be. It it, it has been a huge issue, and I you know we talked about it a lot with pitching, but you're right to point out that there's been outfield players that I think have been affected by this as well. I think it's just a lot of mismanagement. Um, I think the, the again the, the Phillies are in such a weird spot. They're two and a half games back, in the which division. is insane. And you know what was frustrating is like for like a month and a half they were like between three and four games back yeah. like every day like they're making up no ground they're still like not really making up like honestly like made it up last night that's why they're two and a half right like it's not even that much uh, ground that they've made up here but I, I again I I just think when you consider what everyone else has done and the way the teams around you have improved in your division you know you're not in the wild card race but in the wild card race teams improve so mm-hmm. much that. Even if you make the playoffs, like I don't know what chance you have against uh, other teams. You're uh, buying a ticket to play the winner of the NL Central, and if you somehow win that series, you're buying a ticket to get smacked in the face by somebody from the NL West. Yeah. So I, I just I, I think right now you know the the Phillies um, <laughs> this season feels lost, which mm-hmm. sucks to say. You know, like when there's still like quite a bit to play for technically. But um, do you want to play our favorite game? Let's guess the NL East run differential. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the Mets at the top. Meet the Mets uh, because they have a negative 10 run differential Jesus. or somehow first in the division. Uh, the Phillies, negative 18. <laughs> um, and that's after a 15-2 to two win over the Pirates. Right. Uh, the Braves, plus 49. That is so Sitting odd. in third, uh, two games under 500. The Nationals, minus 29. And the Miami Marlins holding strong at plus one, <laughs> basement of the division. What a bizarre! That, that's going to be something I submit to to pick up to be on one of our polls. Will the Marlins finish with a positive run differential by the end of the season? I mean, they have one of the best defenses in the league. It's insane. It's it's quite impressive. You know, the Phillies if they just had like an average defense, like. <laughs> where they would be is just uh, that's been the story of the Phillies the last few years like if they just had average this mm-hmm. how much better would the Phillies be and we've made the playoffs the last three years and I think that's the very frustrating uh frustrating aspect but they went out and made an adjacent move to getting a ground ball pitcher in Kyle Gibson who had a great debut uh on Sunday and they bring back a legend in his own right, the captain of the dreadful years, Freddie Galvis is a Philly again. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the article from Matt Breen in the Inquirer, but it made me feel warm inside knowing that Freddie Galvis is back with 
the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the quotes in this article are fantastic. Great article from Matt Breen, too. Make sure you guys go check it out, uh, inquire.com. It starts off, Freddie Galvis was so happy Friday afternoon to be traded to the Phillies that he almost felt bad for laughing when Baltimore's general manager called him to break the news. He spent the first six years of his career with the Phillies, so it's easy to imagine how Galvis felt this weekend in Pittsburgh to be wearing red again. Quote, it was amazing, amazing, Galvis said Sunday morning at PNC Park. Quote, the first thing I did when I put my uniform on was go straight to the mirror and look at myself again. Man, it was amazing. It was a good moment for me and my family, too. This is a guy... Talk about the prodigal son returning. I who mean. <laughs> got called up in 2012, the first year after the run, and was on this team for the dreadful years, the rebuild, everything. And he's this happy to be back with the Phillies. Like, someone must have been very nice to him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I saw that, and I was like... I'm so glad you're home, Freddie. I don't know what projection simulation world he was living in, um, but you know, I'm I'm glad to have him back, and I'm glad he's so positive about his time and to be back. That's- he said, you know, I don't know if it's going to be for two months or if it'll be for next year or whatever. I'm just happy to be back. Freddie, you can be a Philly whenever you want, pal. I I'm thrilled to have him back. Just for straight up vibes, like seeing him in the dugout in a Phillies uniform again. It was just like wow. Where's the time gone? The only thing that's really changed is Freddie's dreads have gotten longer. Um, but Freddie Galvis is a Philly again. And for what it's worth, he's a much better defensive shortstop slash third baseman than what we're throwing out there most of the time. So uh, it's late weird game. How we, weird how all these guys we just kept like shipping out and like turned into really good players. And The Phillies just wanted to trade for Freddie Galvis so that him and Eniel De Los Santos were on the same team because the Phillies traded Galvis to the Padres for Eniel back in 2017. Completing the circle. Could have just signed Freddie in free agency, but (laughs) what do I know? Too easy. You got to take the hardest approach with this team. Uh, One, do you believe in the Rally Mantis who showed up last night against the Nationals? No, I don't. Two, did you see the video of Gene Segura? Confirming his favorite flavor of ice cream. Vanilla. <laughs> Good the, choice. The Nothing fact that he could man. hear that kid yelling. I, I have loved the trend in Major League Baseball this year with like fans just like asking random questions to players mm-hmm. when they're in the vicinity of them. And for that kid to have the balls to yell it out while Segura's up to bat trying to tie the game, and then Gene turning around and answering right before he gets the game-tying hit. Again, just love Gene Segura. Do you love our gene? Uh, I do not believe in the praying mantis because this is yet another. Uh, it's, it's the bamboo again. It's the bamboo. It's it's all it's all the the nonsense of the last few years. It's like this is the moment, man. Like <laughs> this is what desperate sad teams yeah. do is they cling on to moments like this. Or like but that's exactly what we are. It's I exactly that's what I'm saying. You know, like it, that's the point. Is like this is what sad teams do is they say like, oh look, a praying mantis. That must mean we're going. It's like it's kind of like the raise the cat thing. You know, where it's mm-hmm. like. When the team is out, like, here's, like, something to look forward to. You know, like, here's a little treat for, like, the community <laughs> to kind of, like, rally around. And, um, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe that a praying mantis has any uh, has any influence whatsoever in how this team does. In the same way that I, I don't think playing Fortnite in the clubhouse would bring back the good times again. Oh, what a time. Uh, we'll end on final topic before our big announcement of potential huge guests coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. But uh, do you think 
Carson Wentz is just pulling an inside job on the Eagles. Is this an is is his injury subtly an indictment of the Eagles medical staff that this because apparently this injury since they high school has been around since high school. You wouldn't expect like a college, especially like he didn't go to like some big like. And now Quentin Nelson from the Colts has a, one of, exact has the same, same injury. Bizarre. Um, I wonder if they're like, hmm, let's start digging through these guys' feet. <laughs> But it, it, it is, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to give more blame than they already get and deserve because of how uh, they've mismanaged things over the, the years. But, like, is there at all, like, any it's kind of... It's very strange. That this just wasn't picked up on? I don't because know. I guess with football players, they're constantly in pain and swelling and constantly this, getting managed. This week, but... so many Eagles players have gotten injured at camp again. And most notably, Devontae Smith is going to be out two to three weeks with an MCL sprain. Who knows if it's an actual MCL sprain? We don't know because, again, this Carson Wentz injury allegedly happened in high school and has broken down over the years, and it finally gave in. I'd say it's just awful timing. And I tell you who looks great right now. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he'd look great in the white and blue. You know who sounds even greater right now? Showing up to press conferences, and I would fall through the floor. How much money does Frank Reich want? To make that decision to bring Nick Foles to Indianapolis, I need it. Like I need oxygen. Like I'm, I'm willing to crowdfund here. Like I'm, I'm willing to to put make a, a GoFundMe or an Indiegogo, whatever we want, to get Nick Foles in Indianapolis. An Indiegogo. <laughs> Indy Nicky Go Go. <laughs> like Nick Foles press conference the other day, just talking about like he he sounded like he was talking to Frank Reich. Oh my God. Come he, was, and get me. he was like, you saw what we did Dad together in 2017. Like, <laughs> I, that. I would you it. would you genuinely like you'd celebrate that even though it would mean the Eagles oh, don't yeah. get a first round pick. But if Nick Foles oh my led god. the Colts to oh Super my Bowl, god, oh my, god. it would be so funny. Can you like you know what's funny is like Carson's like you know, it's like a big like. Uh, Big like Christian guy, right? And like the love thy neighbor kind of thing. No that, shot, he is. No shot. What I'm, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Nick Foles is the same way. You know, like obviously, like two guys, like two men of faith, hundred percent. Um, but like, what if like Carson Wentz is like he does? It's like a skit. Like he's like, oh Nick, good to see you again. Like and like he turns like into his locker room. He's like, fucking these fucking guys backing. I can't fucking believe this guy. I gotta deal with this fucking dickhead. <laughs> like, like they're going to church on Sunday. They're like wives are like best friends. It's like oh like Nick like the foals are they're coming over this week. He's like oh that's good. fucking great. I can't talk to this fucking guy again. I Damn know. it. <laughs> like, Lord forgive just, me for what I'm about to say. He just can't get Nick Foles out from under his feet. The internet will combust. There would be if Nick Foles is traded to Indianapolis. But it's interesting. I mean, he's a weird timeline too. Five to twelve weeks just seems bizarre. so bizarre. <laughs> that is like I week guess two. Technically, it's like no different than like six to. But even six to twelve seems like a long gap yeah. in between. I don't know. Five so. to twelve is either you know potentially if all things go right, miss a week, week or one, two, or, or miss a week, or like half the season. Yeah, which. Plays into the Eagles getting a first or second round pick from the Colts, depending so, on how much Carson wins. We will see. We will see, Andy. It is insane that uh, football is next week. Like we have, we have 
preseason football, I believe, next Thursday. Eagles-Steelers next Thursday. That is asinine. It is crazy. Like you with, with basketball, over the past few weeks, I have done the mental health cleanse of football since the clock hit zero on the last uh, play of the Super Bowl. And I have just barely paid attention and it has been fantastic for my mental health. Um, but for the real ones that have stuck around, potential big guests coming on the show once we get it all settled out. But he has agreed in principle <laughs> via Is <this> tweet. The <laughs> tweet? <laughs> According to, uh, to Twitter, the legend in the swimming world, Olympic swimming world, Rowdy Gaines has agreed in principle to come underground and join us on the podcast. One of the iconic voices of sports in general, so it would be a pleasure to talk with Mr. Gaines, Mr. Rowdy himself. The fact that, like, we we did, like, our dream guests at the end of the year going into this year of who we'd want on the podcast, and it never struck my mind because the Olympics were this year to, like, say Rowdy Gaines, but now it's actually happening just because of a... <laughs> Hey, like <laughs> fire off like a tweet, Steph baby. Curry, you know, hey meme. Yeah, and Rowdy's like anytime. Olympics have been good. I've, They've been great. I haven't watched as much as I would have liked to, but um, I I love having Olympics in my life. I I just absolutely I got hooked on men's field hockey the other day. I watched the shooting. Didn't even between, know that was a thing. Yeah, well, apparently men's like the men's game is bigger globally. Like hmm. in America, like the like yeah. field hockey is typically considered like a a women like forward sport, but apparently like. Throughout the world, it's more like men forward, I Interesting. guess. Um, I watched a shootout between Netherlands and Australia, which is amazing, because they give you eight seconds. You can take as many shots as you want in those eight seconds. But once the eight seconds is up, over, which is fascinating. That's kind of sick. And I learned all types of things. But, but that's what I love about the Olympics is, like, tuning Puerto Rico into, gets a gold medal, which right. is awesome. I just love tuning into random sports. Yeah. They've been great. Simone Biles gets the bronze. Right. And uh, Call it a comeback. She uh, she gets back out there, does the damn thing. They've been great. I've enjoyed the Olympics no matter what's been on. Like, watching track and field while it's, like, pouring down rain, I'm like, you are psychopaths running out there in the rain at the speed you're doing hurdles in the rain. It's just yeah, absolutely that insane. Seems, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that seems terrifying to me. <laughs> like, I, I just could never. But uh, the Olympics have been great. We got another week of them and uh, potentially rowdy gains coming on the podcast in the near future so stay tuned for those announcements so i gotta follow us on twitter that's where it all goes down at underground phi on twitter and instagram you can follow matt on twitter and wish him a happy birthday tomorrow at matt castorina you can follow me on twitter at kbizzl311 and make sure you guys check out the website where you can get all of our pickup props from our friends at pickup playpickup.com is where the props are and you can check our website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com for all of our written content and make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you're feeling about this Sixers free agency period so far. How you feel about the fills, the rally mantis, what your favorite flavor of ice cream is. Uh, whatever it may be. Leave a five-star rating and review. Help us get there. Uh, we are 35 reviews away from 300 five-star reviews. So let's get there before football season. Let's make that happen. I think that's totally doable. Be a friend. Tell a friend. And uh, you can also check us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to our sponsors who make this thing happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center. 
of Vineland, and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP at checkout to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. You can get 10% off the one-liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com. Promo code USP. Got to be 21 or older to purchase. Of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer. Use the Kenny Tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who's got Kenny's on tap for your Olympic viewing pleasure, your baseball viewing pleasure, or just enjoying NBA free agency pleasure, or just cracking open a nice cold Kenny for the joy of it. you got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Any uh, any final thoughts before the birthday? I can't believe I'm going to be 27 tomorrow. Welcome to the club, uh, the 27 club. Once you get into the high 20s, man, it starts to it get is. real sketchy. Starts to get a little, you uh, start getting close to the big 3 and yeah. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> it's terrifying. 27 just sounds, like, every... 26 every, was the worst. Every age above, like, 24 starts to sound old. You, like, you start to be like, oh, Jesus. Like, if I met someone when I was, like, a teenager, like, a, a preteen, and they are like, oh, I'm, like, 27, I'd be like, whoa. Yeah wow you're old and it's like yep here i am 27 <laughs> wasn't as bad for me 26 was awful like i yeah, tw- 26 dreaded. is definitely a big turn it's just every year i every dread year. it it was like you're over the hill yeah no big life thoughts in general just uh wow 27 <laughs> getting up there now <laughs> uh it's terrifying they're taking applications for survivor matt <laughs> listen maybe I might, I might just f around and do a quarter life crisis and go to an island in Fiji. As Vince Velasquez once said, "Fuck around and find out." I uh, might just have to. But this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number three forty eight for Matt. I'm KB. Tune in for Steven Schneider coming up next right here on Twitch.tv/UndergroundSportsPHI, and we will catch you guys later this week. But until then, we are signing off. Peace. Oh,